somewhere in the midst of all of that, I had to just sit down with myself and be like, listen, sis, you need to chill and just sit on the floor and just have gratitude for the space in general and just know that it's all falling together exactly how it's meant to be and that I don't need to wait until everything is perfect to start living my life. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous Podcast. I'm so grateful that you are here with me for another solo chat. And today I thought I'd do something a little bit different. So I shared on my Instagram the other day a question box and I just said, hey, ask me anything. And I really loved some of the questions that I was getting from people because they kind of were all over the map, which I think is actually really fun. This is like how you learn about people. Right. And so I thought maybe I will do an ask me anything series on the podcast and I will throw this question up on my Instagram and then have you guys ask me questions and I can answer it here on the podcast. So what do you think? Do you, should we do it? (laughs) That's what I'm going to do for today. I know it's a little bit different than some of the other content that I share. That's a little bit more motivational, more, more sales, but I want to make this as interactive as possible with you guys. So without any further ado, let's dive in. Okay. So the very first question I got, and I'm going to be honest, like it kind of took me back a little bit and was like, that's kind of a weird question. Like, why do people want to know that? But then I also thought, okay, this is valid. Like somebody asked me, why did you keep your ex-husband's last name. So if you're new here, I share a story in the very beginning of my podcast that in the end of 2019, I transitioned out of a seven-year relationship that I had been in. I was married and, um, you know, the challenges and tribulations and all of that, that I kind of went through with that. And obviously in the process of this type of coupling, you change your name. And I didn't change my name back. My, my married name is Melissa Martin, and that's not my maiden name, but I never changed it back. And I sat and thought about this for a little bit because I was like, this feels like a little bit of an invasive question. Maybe it triggered me a little bit because I'm afraid of who might listen or people might judge me or, you know, maybe the guys I'm dating are thinking that's kind of weird, but none of that really matters because my truth is my truth and I stand by it hundred percent, whether or not people like it or not. So the reason I didn't change my name, one is more just logistics, I guess. And the other is a little bit more emotional on the logistics side. It's just a pain in the ass to change your name, to be honest. And it was just easier to keep it because having to like change it back, it's just, it's such a hassle um, with all the legal stuff that you have to do. And my social media, all my branding, everything is Melissa Martin. So why bother like changing it back? Number one. So that's kind of the first part. 
But on a much deeper level is that I really do care for and respect this person that I shared so much of my life with. And the fact that I took on his last name means a lot to me. And I grew so much as a person in the context of that container that I truly do identify with the version of me now in this process. Like I don't really identify with the prior name that I had. And I really feel like in the seven years that we were together, I truly grew into the person that I am today in the container of that relationship. I learned a lot about myself. It's because of that relationship that I actually took ownership for the areas of my life that I was really unhappy with. And I started doing the really deep work and I uncovered so much that I didn't know was there. And I evolved into the version of the human that I am today. And I'm incredibly grateful for that opportunity. I have so much love and respect for my ex-husband and the relationship that we had and that we shared and everything that we learned together. And we didn't end on bad terms. You know, there was no drama or hatred or animosity or anything in that regard. And so I didn't really feel the need to change my name. It didn't seem like I was dying to give it up. And I know that's not everybody's experience. Some people go through divorce and they're like, oh, I literally cannot wait to not have this name and not have this reminder. But for me, it's, it's a mark of a period of my life that I look back on with great admiration and respect and love and appreciation. And I don't really see any reason to change that until there's a reason to change it. So there's your answer. Okay, next question is, what is your zodiac and do you read much into horoscopes? Well, I am a Capricorn, but I'm learning so much more about astrology. I don't read a ton on horoscopes, although I have always been fascinated by it. My sister had this book that I still have. It's this giant purple book, and the name of it is literally the only astrology book you will ever need. And when I was younger and I was like having boyfriends and stuff, I'd be like, oh, like, what is your, what is your like sign and love say about this person? And I would always like consult the book, you know, to see like, oh, are our signs a match or whatever. But I didn't really understand a whole lot about horoscopes or how this whole thing works until more recently. I've been diving into it a lot deeper and really understanding how different horoscopes work. And if you, I actually did a podcast episode um, with a woman named Danielle Mercurio. I'll link it below. She's an astrologer and helped me to really see about my own um, planetary alignment, my stars, my moons, my suns, my, all the things I'm totally butchering this, but all the things that relate to my um, horoscope. And it's so much more than just your sun sign. Your sun sign is where the sun is, like which horoscope or which like which sign your sun is in when you're born. But your moon sign is actually something that really um, determines a lot about your personality as well. So anyway, if you listen to that episode, you will learn a lot about horoscopes, my horoscope, what Danielle does. And yeah. That was a really awesome episode and I'm learning so much more about my horoscope size. Next question, why did you move to Atlanta? I love this one. I, I moved to Atlanta because my body told me to, <laughs> um, to be honest. I, it was back in um, the end of 2020. I knew that I was getting ready to move out of California. I just wasn't 100% sure 
where I had been in California for a little over a year. And while I loved my time that was there, my soul was just telling me, okay, it's time to go. And um, I actually had been thinking about a couple different areas of the country. I'm still being called to Utah for some reason. Like there's something about the energy there that I'm really being drawn to. I've spent a lot of time in Arizona and Stona area, Scottsdale area. I was thinking about Denver, Colorado. I was thinking about Austin, Texas, although I've lived in Texas before, but Austin has a very different energy. Florida, Southern Florida, East and West Coast, Southern Florida, and Atlanta actually came up on a coaching call with a client. I was sharing with her that I was thinking about moving and kind of feeling into the energy behind it. And she was like, you know, I think you would really love Atlanta. And I was like, really? I've never even been to Atlanta. And she was just telling me like, yeah, the people here are so friendly and we get seasons, but they're not really severe and there's nature and lots of outdoor stuff, but you have city life. And I'm like, all of this sounds really cool to me. So I was like, huh, kind of tuck that away. And I was having a conversation with my friend, Nicole, and she was telling me that she did an astrology session with Danielle and that it helped her to really find clarity around when is the best time for her to launch things in her business, you know, kind of what's going on in the coming year for her, and also helped her to get clear on energetically which areas of the country would be a fit for where she's at in her life. And I was like, what? Like, you can do that? And she said, yes, like, you can do something called an astro mapping session, and she can kind of look at the planets and the stars and your sign and figure out, like, what areas of the country make the most sense for you. And I was mind blown. So of course I immediately booked a session with Danielle and in that session, you can hear on the podcast, I share the whole story. Um, we went through all the different areas that I was interested in. And the last one I mentioned was Atlanta. And so she said, this is my number one pick for you for a variety of different reasons. So I was just open. Honestly, I've learned over my lifetime to really trust my intuition, to know that if I'm having an experience in my body, that's what it is. And um, to follow that. So I booked a trip to Scottsdale and kind of had a meltdown when I was there because I knew this wasn't the place for me, although I thought it was going to be number one. And I didn't love any of the properties that I saw and it just was a no. And I booked a trip to Atlanta with my girl Lauren and within the first 24 hours of being here, I just knew that this was it. Like everything in my body, like I felt like my nervous system just relaxed a little bit. I felt at home. I loved the culture and the diversification and the people and I love the trees and the city and the nature and just everything was a yes for me. And I started looking at a bunch of different apartments. And when I walked into the apartment that I now live in, I started crying because I could feel it in my body. Like I got butterflies in my stomach and I got like all giddy and like chills on my body and just like tears were welling up in my eyes. I'm like, this is it. This is my new home. This is the new place. And I haven't lived by myself in almost eight years. So just the excitement and the possibility and the views and the energy here. Like I literally, I have not left my apartment in I think 10 days, <laughs> real talk. I'm okay with that because I just love being here so, so much. So that is why I chose Atlanta. Great question. Thank you. Okay. Do you drink coffee? If so, how do you take it? Great question. I do not drink coffee. I actually don't like coffee. I think it tastes terrible, to be honest. I love the way it smells. I think it's like smells incredible, but I think in order for me to actually enjoy it, I would have to put so much creamer and sugar in it that it just would be an awful beverage. Also, interesting fact, I'm sensitive to caffeine because I have a heart murmur, so I'm really not supposed to have a lot of caffeine anyway, although I do drink 
um, I have a drink that I love from a network marketing company that I buy products from that I enjoy. Uh, I usually only drink about half of it, and it, you know, I get caffeine through my pre-workout as well, but I'm not a coffee drinker, but cheers to all those who are. How is your transition moving to Georgia been? Are you all settled in? Um, the transition has been great. One of the things that's been super challenging for me has been the furniture situation. So I don't have a couch yet. And I, it's like the one thing that's driving me insane because it's like the center focal point of the room, right? Is your couch. So I don't have a couch. I don't have a TV. I do have a laptop. So I watch some Netflix here and there, but like, it's nice not having a TV, but yeah, I've had to improvise, um, with the whole couch situation. I've had many, many trips to home goods, almost my entire home. Actually, now that I think about it, it's outfitted by home goods, but it feels good to me. I'm so grateful that I have this beautiful space and this incredible view every day. I'm filled with so much gratitude and I feel like I'm you know, little by little getting settled. And I think this is, uh, has been a really great learning lesson for me that, you know, patience and presence and gratitude, because I want what I want when I want it. And usually that's like 10 minutes ago. And so for the first couple of weeks, I was really feeling stressed out. Like I don't have any furniture and this place feels so empty and it's not, it doesn't feel like I was just really like wanting it to be done. And Somewhere in the midst of all of that, I had to just sit down with myself and be like, listen, sis, you need to chill and just sit on the floor and just have gratitude for the space in general and just know that it's all falling together exactly how it's meant to be and that I don't need to wait until everything is perfect to start living my life and having gratitude and having friends over and enjoying the space and playing in it and just being in it. Right. And I think that's such a powerful metaphor for everything in life is like, if you wait for perfect, like you'll wait forever, you know, by the time this place is perfect, my lease will be up and I'll probably be looking for a new place. Although I'm like, I don't want to leave. I, I don't think I'll ever move out of this apartment. But yeah, when that started to happen, when I sat down and really reflected of like, girl, you don't need to wait for it to be done to enjoy it. Oh, I fell right back into the space of just pure gratitude that like, what do I really need to live? Like I have food, I have dishes and I have a bed and I have a shower curtain and soap. Like I don't need a couch. I don't need a TV. I don't even need anything to sit on. I can sit on the floor. I do have chairs and I just got some really cute bar stools, but like the energy is what matters, right? It's the intention and how you use what you have now that truly, truly matters. So I am settling in. Everything is not perfect, but it's perfect for me right now. And I love it so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for asking that question. Last question. How did you learn to just go for it in life and not care what others think? Oof, this is a really good question. To be honest, I don't think that you ever feel ready to just go for it. And I don't think that you ever don't worry about what other people think. I think that that's always going to be there. However, I think that you have to start deciding how you want to live your life. Like you have to get to a point where you just decide like which pain is going to be worse. The pain of staying in the same place and watching everybody else's dreams evolve in front of your eyes and feeling jealous and feeling 
sad and lonely and miserable because you're not living into your full potential. Like, is that pain worse or the pain of taking action and potentially being judged or talked about or gossiped about or failing or whatever, like which you got to pick your poison because both things are going to suck and both things are going to bring discomfort. But I guess I just got to a point where I realized no matter what I was doing in my life, whether I was staying stagnant and being unhappy, or if I was following what felt true to me, that someone was going to not like it. Like people are always going to have an opinion of what you do, no matter what you do. You could be mother Teresa and <laughs> people still have an opinion of you, or they'll judge you, or they'll say you're doing something wrong, or they'll say you're doing something right, no matter what you do in life. So if we know that that's true, you're damned if you're doing, you're damned if you don't, wouldn't it make more sense to follow what you truly want to do? Because at the end of the day, the only person's happiness that really matters is yours. And on my deathbed, I would rather look back and be like, you know what? I probably shouldn't have done this, this, and this versus living with regrets and saying, man, I wish that I would have tried, or I wish I would have done this, or I wish that I would have done that. Like that to me, that pain of having one day left to live and realizing that, oh man, I didn't live into my potential. Like that to me is scarier than anything. So, you know, I think there were a couple of steps that I took first. One was looking for the proof that the thing that I wanted to do was possible. So who were the women that could model this for me? Like who were the people, whether they were in my life or people that I was listening to on podcasts or that I followed on social media, where was the example that, it, you know, whatever it is that I wanted to do was possible. Where were there other women or men that were living into their fullest potential and sharing stories about being scared and, and going for it anyway? One of the women that really stands out to me is Lori Harder. She's a great friend of mine. She's a mentor of mine. Um, she's been someone that time and time again has modeled for me what it looks like to take action when you don't feel ready and deal with the naysayers and the daggers and the haters. Cause she's had her fair share and it's shown me like, okay, this is what it looks like. And it prepared me. Right. So that's number one, I think is looking for the proof. And then number two is community, right? I mean, you've got to get around people that are going to cheer you on, not tear you down. And, you know, sometimes when you are stepping into something new and you're growing in a way that feels really uncomfortable. People in your life, they literally do not have the tools or the skill set to support you. So it doesn't make them bad people. You don't have to shame your friends in your circle. But I also think it's important to know what kind of expectation you're placing on them. And it's like if you're looking to your husband to give you outfit advice and he is clueless when it comes to fashion, then you're constantly going to be set up for disappointment. And the same can be said when you're testing out new things and growing your business. Like if your closest friends are not entrepreneurs, don't go to them for business advice because they're going to tell you to not quit your job and that you're crazy and to start a business and that most businesses fail, right? Or maybe your parents say that because they're, they're looking through their own lens of fear. And they're also looking through their own lens of competency and tools. And you have to know which tool set you need in order to grow. And they might not have it. And again, it doesn't make the people in your life, bad people. They're incredible people. It's just knowing what, what skill set they have and how it can help you, right? So having community is super important. I think the third thing for me was 
investing in myself, like putting myself in a space of commitment, right? Like if I didn't join masterminds or enroll in coaching programs or have any sort of accountability, then there, I wasn't going to make movement. And I knew this because I watched myself start and stop on so many things, so many times, because I didn't have real skin in the game. You know, and I think the best example I can use for this is the gym, right? Like when I was the most consistent in my gym life, it's because I was competing for a fitness competition and I had invested money in a coach. I had invested money in a suit and in the entry fee and the hotel and the flights. And it was thousands of dollars. So because I had invested in this container, like I showed up every single day in the gym, I meal prep, like I did all the things. And I ended up becoming a professional fitness competitor. I don't do that anymore. But now like in my day-to-day life, I know that if I have a goal and I feel resistance around it, then that means that I need to put myself in a container that's going to call me to a higher level of service. It's going to call me to a higher level, level of action and accountability. So I literally just hired a personal trainer to work out with three days a week here in Atlanta, because I know what to do in the gym, but I'm just not motivated to do it. And I want to I have goals, right? So I'm going to invest in somebody that's going to hold me accountable. That's going to stretch me. Um, You know, when I'm growing in my business and I have big goals and I need support, I'm going to invest in a coach or I'm going to invest in a mastermind to put me in the space that one will support my growth, two will challenge me and three, hold me accountable, right? So if you are in a place where you're like, I want to say fuck it and just go for it and not care what other people think. I think it's important that you get around people who think like you do, and maybe you can start caring about what they think, because what they think of you is that you're capable and you're amazing and you're brilliant and your ideas are phenomenal. Like, what would it look like for you to be in that space, right? Would it be a lot easier for you to go after the thing that you want if you were surrounded by people who weren't going to judge you for what you didn't do, but were going to celebrate you for every single step that you did take? That's the difference. You got to know what motivates you and what doesn't. You've got to know what's going to call you forward into the fire and what's going to hold you accountable. You have to have a level of self-awareness that's going to allow you to call yourself on your own shit to say, okay, I know that this is what I do every single time I start something. I make excuses. I listen to negative people. I quit. I don't prioritize. I manifest some sort of bullshit tragedy in my life or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so if you know those things about you, you have to have that level of self-awareness and then you have to have a contingency plan to prevent yourself from repeating the same stories and coping strategies over and over and over again. So what is that, you know, contingency plan going to be? Well, for me, it's, telling my sisters what my goals are and having them hold me accountable. It's rewarding myself. Like anytime I have a big launch, I always say, okay, when I make 50 K in my next launch, I'm going to buy myself diamond earrings, or I'm going to go on a trip. Or, you know, when I did my very first $30,000 launch, I bought myself a Louis Vuitton wallet. So every time I look at that wallet, it reminds me of what I'm capable of, right? It's not about the wallet. It's about what the wallet represents. So know like what you are, contingency plan is know what's going to motivate you to take action and get yourself around like-minded people. So that's, that, that would be my advice, you know, to answer your question. How did I learn to just go for it and not care what others think? Yeah. And I do still care. Of course I care, but I think 
my level of caring has shifted. You know, I think I actually had this conversation the other day with one of the girls in my group coaching program about um, her. She was afraid to, to show up on social media, right? And she was like, I'm afraid that people are going to judge me. I get so much hate in my DMs. And it's like, who are we showing up for? Like, who is it that you are showing up for every single day on social media? Are you showing up for the assholes that are going to slide into your DMs and be like, this is stupid or I hate what you're doing? Like, no, that's not who you're showing up for. That's not your person. Right. But then like who you're really showing up for is the person that needs to hear that message today. They need to hear that motivational tip or they need to hear that little quote or that experience or that like hashtag mom life situation that you shared. They, that, that person is who you're showing up for, but we let the trolls dictate what message we share. Right. We, we get so caught up in what the people who are not our people think that we prevent ourselves from sharing the message to our people, <laughs> the people that we really want to connect with, right? So, you know, I started, I stopped caring about the opinions of the people that are not my people and that I'm not here to serve. And I started focusing on caring about the opinion of the person that I'm actually here to serve. Like, what do they think of me? How am I adding value to their life? How can I show up and support them in their businesses and their life and their relationships? Like, how can I use my experiences to support that person? That's the person that I really care about. Not the troll that's like sliding in my DMs telling me that I'm stupid, right? Like, I don't fucking care about you. Go away. So with all of that being said, this was really fun. Did you guys like this? I like it. I think it's cool. Um, if you are in a place where you are feeling like you want to be around people that are going to give you positive feedback and you are looking for a container to grow and evolve. And I know you guys have heard me share this a little bit. I've Things have gotten pushed back for a number of different reasons, but in January, I announced that I would be launching the Ignite Society membership. And I'm excited to share that is coming in March. We are putting all the finishing touches on it now, and I'm going to be sharing more about this soon, but I want you to mark your calendars. Get a pen out and write down March 1st. I'm going to be hosting a free masterclass, more details to come. I'm going to be hosting a free masterclass, teaching you guys on something really, really cool. And I'll share more about um, how you can get into the Ignite Society membership on that masterclass, there'll be some fast action bonuses. So you're gonna to wanna to be on there on my secret text message list, which I will share all the details on March 1st. But Ignite Society is something that I wish existed when I was building my business in the very early stages, because here's the truth, guys. Like your team, your leaders, they're amazing. You know, your company is incredible. And all of the tools and resources they share are top notch and phenomenal. And there's also gaps. There are things that are missing. And I know that great leaders take massive accountability for their own development. Like if your mentor in your business or your upline went away tomorrow, would you still have success? Yes or no? That's for you to answer, not for me to tell you. But the answer is if you take ownership, the answer is yes, right? And at some point you have to decide that your business is yours. And whatever your strengths are, are great, but whatever your weaknesses are, it's not your mentor's job to build your weaknesses for you. It's your job. 
And I realized that early on in my network marketing career that if I wanted to think like a business owner, I needed to take ownership for my education. And I, you know, I went to events outside of my industry. I, I enrolled in courses that taught me about sales and marketing. I joined masterminds. I hired one-to-one coaches to help me with my money mindset blocks. All of this, all of this, I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars I've invested into my personal and professional development has gotten me to where I am today. And when I look back, I wish that something like what I'm creating existed for me when I started my network marketing business. So the Ignite Society membership is coming soon. This is going to be a monthly educational platform for you to gain access to some of the industry's top thought leaders in mindset, sales, marketing, branding, finance, energy, business strategy, network marketing, social media, recruitment, alignment. I mean, the list goes on and on. I'm so fucking excited to share this with you guys. And it's so, 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 so reasonable from a financial investment standpoint. Like it's going to be just like the cornerstone of your education from a continual standpoint. You're going to get live training twice a month from guest experts. There's going to be community it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited. And it's such a small investment that it will meet you exactly where you're at. So I've been chatting with you guys in the DMs. I've been teasing it out. It is coming in March. It is actually going to happen. I'm so fucking excited. So if you are in a place right now where you're ready to just go for it and you're looking for a container to support you in your continued growth and you want to take ownership for your development, Ignite Society is for you. So stay tuned. I'm so excited. And uh, if you have questions, of course, you can message me on Instagram. I'm at the Melissa Martin. And if you want to hear more um, episodes like this, then slide in my DMs. Let me know what questions you have or what you want to know. And maybe we'll make this a regular thing. But anyway, I love you. Thank you so much for being here. Please, if you love this episode, tag me on Instagram. Let me know your biggest takeaway. Share it with the bestie. And until the next episode, live your boldly courageous life. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.